This talk is offered by Ordinary Mind Zendo. Ordinary Mind was founded by Barry Majid, Dharma heir of Charlotte Joko Beck, and is dedicated to her vision of a psychologically minded Zen practice adapted to the needs of American students practicing in the context of their everyday lives. Our public programs are made possible by donations from people like you. Master Fayen noticed that there was a monk in his monastery who had been there for quite some time but who would never come to ask any questions. So he had the head monk summon him bring him in to examine him. So he asked him, how come you never come into Dokasan for any questions? And the monk said, many years ago when I was a young monk, I studied with another teacher. And one day when he lectured on the koan of the fire boy seeks fire, I had a realization that put my mind completely at rest. And since then I've had no need to come in and ask any questions. I nodded and said, uh, that sounds very nice, but I'm afraid you may have misunderstood the old master's uh, Taisho on the fire boy seeking fire. said the boy himself is made of fire he is the very thing that he seeks there is nothing more to look for Fayan said now I know you misunderstood the call and he rang his bell and dismissed the monk well naturally uh, this disturbed the monk a good deal and he spent all night puzzling over Fayan's dismissal of his understanding the next day he came back on his own to see Fayan and said Master what you said last night really upset me and confused me I thought I really understood that koan where did I go wrong Fayan said the fire boy is seeking fire. And with that, the monk was more deeply enlightened. I misplaced the original source of this story, so I improvised it a little in the retelling. How do we understand the difference uh, in what the monk heard and understood the first time and the second? See, the monk had originally experienced something that had brought him peace, he said. 
he was in some way sure that the thing that he had been searching for was found and then in a way he identified it with settling into that certainty of his nature and Buddha nature but one thing and that's all true so what was missing we see it in the difference between what happens in the second encounter of Fayyam where he's upset maybe a little angry confused and Fayyam points to that mind and says the fire boy is seeking fire it's not simply the mind that identifies with fire as Buddha nature, as peace, as some kind of spiritual state of one kind or another, but the mind of doubt and confusion itself is the very fire of the fire boy. And that was what was missing from his original understanding. I thought of this story when uh, I saw a little cartoon posted on Facebook that I put onto our Zendo Facebook page with some comments. And apparently it was a cartoon that was created by somebody who was using it to advertise um, some kind of training in mindfulness and I believe CBT. In any case, it was a very simply drawn cartoon. Uh, and it showed a man and a dog sitting side by side. And over the man's head is the caption, Mindful, F-U-L-L. And the little thought bubble is just filled with a thousand little pictures and words and letters and stuff, right? His mind is full. And next to him is the dog. And the two of them are sitting, looking out at a landscape, just a plain field, green field, with a couple trees and the sun. And in the dog's thought bubble, there's just the perfect representation of what's exactly in front of him. A field, a tree, and the sun, right? Not a thought in his head, it's just immediate perception, right? Dog is the mindful one here, Apparently in this story, the dog does have the Buddha nature, and uh, it's the man who doesn't, right? So I thought about that picture in terms of Fayen and the story of the fire boy. You see, the, the person who draw this cartoon thought it was self-evident that the goal of practice 
is to clear your head of thoughts and images and worries and emotion and conceptions so that you see reality directly, right? Everything will be clear, pristine, just as it is. You don't have all that gunk of thought in the way. Maybe it makes you more natural, more just like the dog who has no conceptual preoccupations. It's a kind of built-in assumption about that picture of practice that we're aiming at something in particular. We're aiming at some kind of calmness or clarity. It's certainly not that full mind that's just cluttered, right? Now, I would say that the mind of the dog is what the monk had gotten the first time around. And I think that it is uh, very nice. Makes a good pet. (laughs) Easy to have folks like that sitting in the Zedda. Of course, there's a possibility that you might consider that the dog has been neutered and that that's one of the reasons he doesn't have his mind full of very much. Where is his passion? Where is his likes and dislikes? Is it really the goal to have those extirpated? See, I think it is certainly the case that for many of us a byproduct of long sitting will be that our mind will quiet down. Someone has likened it to, you know, a jar full of sand that's shaken up and when you just let it sit still, the sand settles to the bottom and the water looks clear instead of muddy. That's very nice, and I think that does happen to a more or less extent for people. Um, The dilemma, of course, is that the people for whom it happens to a greater extent think that they're very enlightened, and that the people for whom the water stays cloudy think that there's really something wrong with them and they're very damaged. But that's a fairly shallow interpretation of what I think practice can be. See, I think that practice will really make a difference in your life, not so much in terms of how much clutter it removes when you're sitting on the cushion, how much calmness or quiet you're able to achieve, what is your relationship to all the rest of it? What insight do you have into the nature of the clutter? The sixth patriarch warned against 
seeing practice as endlessly wiping dust from the mirror. Not only because it can never be fully accomplished, but because you're endlessly splitting your mind into the clear parts and the dust, the, the part that you cherish and the part that you see as a contaminant. And so the the very distinction between clarity and clutter perpetuates a deep dualism that um, almost inevitably fuels a certain kind of internal conflict or self-hate, an endless attempt to get rid of the parts that are defiling the, the calm and the clarity. Joko taught a simple practice of labeling thoughts as a way for us to see the true nature of thought, not as a way to get rid of thought, not as a way to have thoughts go away and so you could sit with a perfectly clear mind. In a way, by repeating thoughts to ourselves, by labeling them as thoughts, by seeing our thoughts as thoughts. For her, this was a way of teaching the emptiness of thoughts, that they are just stuff going through your head. They are empty. Empty meaning they're not permanent. They're ephemeral. They come and go. And if you look at that original cartoon, on one hand, out there is grass and trees and sky, and inside is clutter. Is one more real than the other? Grass and trees and sky are just as empty as mental clutter. Mental clutter is just as real as grass and trees and sky. Each are just things happening at the moment. Can we watch the clutter the way we watch the clouds go through the sky? Do we hate the clouds for messing up our clear blue sky? Do we hate our thoughts for messing up our clear, calm mind? See, our mind is going to be full one way or another a lot of the time. And that is not a problem. The problem is when we go to war with our own minds in the name of some image of clarity that we think we're trying to achieve. A lot of meditation has as that byproduct some degree of clarity, but it's a dangerous kind of byproduct. It's it's addictive and it can turn us obsessive, thinking that we have to endlessly work to fix and purify and calm. Real work of practice is to leave everything just as it is and see it just as it is, inside as well as outside, each equally empty.
each equally perfect just as it is.